Next on BYU Sports Nation, Peyton Dastrup transfers. What it means for BYU hoops. Football kickoff times for five games are announced. What do you care more about? The kickoff times or what channel the game is on? And the West Coast Conference men's basketball matchups are out. The commish tells us why BYU is at Pepperdine. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? It's a Friday and BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Friday and it's June, June 1st. Welcome to June. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is inserting his fall and winter schedule into his iCal. So I'm teamed up with a man who always knows the score, Jason Shepard. Ah, very timely. Timely comment after last night's game, one of the NBA Finals. How do you not know the score, Jerry Smith? Uh, uh, <laughs> How do you not know the score? Well, according to score? him, he did know the score, even though he said, and there's video evidence of him saying, I thought we were ahead by one. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Look, I am not emotionally, I am not emotionally attached to the Cavs. Like, but I'm emotionally I, attached to LeBron. No, but though. but I I want the Cavs <laughs> to win. I definitely want the Cavs to win. Uh, so that was their game. The Cavs, in all likelihood, were gonna win. I understand that even if even if the free the second free throw is made and and they have the one point lead, there's still 4. a couple 7. of seconds left where Golden State's gonna at least get a shot. Four point seven. It's important to know how much time's on the clock. Yes. Too. So I I I like their chances, but what are you doing? Know the, okay. What so are you doing? Know the score is the theme of the day. Whatever that means in your life, okay? Know the score. Self-awareness, undervalued attribute. Lots to discuss on today's show, as we mentioned. Peyton Dastrup transfers, men's hoops matchups. We'll talk to the commissioner of the West Coast Conference about that. Football times and much more coming up. So rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday afternoon, basketball player Peyton Dastrup announced via social media he is transferring from BYU. This after averaging 2.4 points per game on 48% shooting the last two seasons. But last year, 43% from three. Jason, what's your reaction to the news of Peyton Dastrup leaving? The word that comes to mind is disappointed. And I'm not disappointed that Peyton made the decision. I'm disappointed that he just won't be part of this team moving forward. Personally, I like Peyton a lot. He's Who as, doesn't like Peyton Dastrup? He's as easy of a guy to talk to as you will find. And I love, and he loved being a BYU Cougar. It, it was awesome to see the way that he interacted with his teammates. It was great to see how he interacted with the fans. So I, I'm certainly disappointed. The other reason that I'm disappointed is I, I like his skill set and what he adds to this team. He's one of those guys at his position at the four and the five. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot the outside shot. So I, I like that aspect. And, and so the fact that he didn't get a lot of playing time, you know, that, that's for whatever reason, he just didn't see the floor a whole lot. I, I wish him the best wherever he goes. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's, it's someplace where he can, um, you know, be able to, to do everything that he feels he can do on the basketball court. The other reaction I got was who gets that scholarship now? Is it McKay Cannon? Is it Colby Lee? Does he get that? Does Dave Rose go after a JC guy? There's now a scholarship that's available. I'm kind of curious to see where the coaching staff goes with that. I'm disappointed that the team and Peyton couldn't reconcile whatever difference they had. And 
I don't know what side wanted what or whatever, but I, I'm with you. I, if I go blind resume and I tell you, okay, there's a top 100 guy out of high school, has, hasn't played much, but he shoots 43% from three and he's like a center, would you want that guy? The answer is yes. So, it, it, yeah, it's a bummer to see Peyton go. One of the more likable guys in yeah. BYU athletics, row the boat last year, <laughs> that whole thing. He's making threes against Utah. He's told don't pass the ball down a bunch against Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Tournament. So then he goes four of eight, four of seven from three. Like, he could shoot it. I don't know what the differences were. At this point, it doesn't matter. But a bummer that uh, your boy Peyton Dastrup, who grew up a big BYU fan out of Mesa, is no longer going to be a Cougar. And, and that's a disappointing news for the single ladies in Provo as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the uh, West Coast Conference... <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even going there. The West Coast Conference released its 2018-2019 basketball schedule yesterday. The schedule features the new format of 16 conference games per team. Due to that change, each team will face eight teams twice and then two conference opponents just once. For BYU, they will only play Pepperdine and by the way that game will be in Malibu and Santa Clara at home once this season. So, Jerem, what jumps out to you most about the new WCC Hoops format? Okay, in theory, the point of the schedule is to boost Selection Sunday RPI because you could play two more non-conference games instead of two conference games. It is an irregular schedule. It's not as irregular as Conference USA is doing um, where they, the top five teams play each other at the end. But why the heck is BYU's only road game at Pepperdine where the Cougars have lost 4 of 5 and the, the only win was in overtime last year. Of all the games, of all the games, Pepperdine's the game. Are you kidding me? It couldn't have been at Santa Clara where BYU's dominated and only lost once in seven years. It's at Pepperdine. I love Malibu. I've been in the gym for that, but it was a loss. I don't get why Pepperdine was that game. We'll talk to the commissioner coming up on how the different matchups were determined. Portland only plays Gonzaga and St. Mary's once, right? So Portland is instantly a contender to be in like the top five. Look, there's, we knew that the format <laughs> was going to look like this. We've known this for a while. Yes. So the only question for me is, okay, who's BYU playing once this year? You knew because of, for the reasons that you mentioned, the likelihood that you were only going to play Gonzaga and St. Mary's once this year was very, very low. So I wanted to know who it was. That was the biggest unknown for me. So the fact that it turned out to be Santa Clara and Pepperdine, that's the one thing I wanted to know. And yes, why in the world do they, is that the one road game they, they have to get with Pepperdine? I want to point this out too. Santa Clara has been the team that BYU's dominated the most as well. And that's the one home you game. You want to get Santa Clara. I want to say. You're taking away a road game. Seven years. I want to say BYU's like 14 and one against yeah. Santa Clara in the league. So. Does it, does it, I want to put on my tinfoil hat and get all conspiracy theory here. You know, the league's against me. No, who cares? Whatever. But it is just too much of a coincidence that the team that BYU has dominated the most, BYU gets once at home, and the team that BYU has struggled the most against on the road is Pepperdine. You think, That's the one road game. Look, Dave, look, you think Dave Rose is like, I'm off, that com- I'm off in charge of that committee for one week, and this is what happened. I guess he needs to be in charge again. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Yesterday, ESPN, BYU TV, and BYU football announced the kickoff times and possible channels for five football games this season. They are as follows. The opener, September 1st, BYU at Arizona, is at 1045 Eastern 
on ESPN. So a late one to kick off the season, which is in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 92 days. Who's the greatest number 92, Jason? How about we go, and quite frankly, you could have gone with a couple of Denny's. Uh, Ryan Denny is who we went. A great number 92. He was a defensive end from 97 through 2001. 21 tackles for loss in his career. Nine NFL seasons with the Bills and the Texans. And how about as well, Jim Herman. Oh, he was good. Defensive end from 1980 through 1984. Something pretty important happened in 1984. 16 sacks. And I still won the Triple Crown. <laughs> 16 sacks in the 83 season. So some very 16. memorable 92s. Okay, so a late start in the opener. The next week, Game 2, September 8th, BYU versus Cal in Provo. 10-15 Eastern on ESPN2 or ESPNU. So get a nap in for the first couple of weeks. Week 3, September 15th, BYU at Wisconsin. 3.30 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. So a typical on-the-road Big Ten game early afternoon. September 22nd, Game 4, BYU versus McNeese State. 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on BYU TV and ESPN3. Typically, we've been a noon or one kick locally. This is a four local kick. Why were we burying which the is lead? A little, Why weren't we going with that game first? Next, Friday, October 5th, BYU versus Utah State. 9 Eastern on ESPN2. So in a... Nostris Nocturnus spot, which is Latin for own the night. If you've been listening you since the radio that. days. I knew that. If you've been listening since the radio days, 2014, that, was it 20? Yeah, it was 2014. 2014. We've been throwing that around for a while. 20, was it 2013? It was 2013. Oh, my goodness. It's been a while. Okay. So with those times. Know the dates, score, Jerem. Yeah. With this in mind, what do you care about more? Kickoff time or TV channel for a football game? Like, this, this is not even close. It is kickoff time by a mile. Really? Yeah. And, and I, so look, you want to be on the mountain again? Look, no, I, I get this. This is not true across the board, but the majority of fans have access to any channel that BYU is going to play on. The, the I don't get that channel argument is going away for the most part. Yes. In 2010, when BYU announced it was going independent, I think that was a bigger deal. Yes. At, without question. We weren't watching games on our phone religiously. Look, and, I, and I, I, I get there's some people watching. I still don't know. I, I understand it's not 100% accurate. But that argument is going away year by year. The, the time of the game is of more interest to me and the fans because in some ways it determines if you will attend it, especially if it is a home game or how much sleep you're going to get if it's a late kick. And sometimes if it's too late, some people can't watch it live because they have something the next day or whatever, and they'll, they'll watch it you know, on demand. So for me, it's absolutely the kick time for sure. Plus, I need to know when my pregame is going to start. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And for me as well. I show up six hours before the game, so I'm going to be there whatever. I'm not as invested in the experience of the fans in the seats as I am as the majority of the audience, which is watching on television. I'm more invested in what channel it's on. It's not what channel it's on per se. It's the relationship with ESPN and obviously the TV contract money that comes with that. BYU could just say, you know what, we're going to have all the games on BYU TV and do it at whatever time we want, blah, blah, blah. You want to be on ESPN. And BYU's had this fruitful relationship that's yielded not only uh, money through a TV contract, but bowl game connections and regular season connections, scheduling help. Obviously, the power of the brand with ESPN's help. To me, it's more about what channel it's on. ESPN, that relationship is the best thing about independence. 
You don't necessarily expect May 31st to be a major news day mm-hmm. for BYU athletics, yet we got three big stories, not just in the same day, but within hours of each other. What was the biggest story yesterday for you, Jerem? It was J.R. Smith in the finals. Oh, BYU related? Uh, Peyton Dash. Well, he played at BYU, right? J.R. Smith? Uh, yeah. I think it was in uh, 99. Uh Peyton Dastrup is the biggest news because that's a guy that we thought could have an increased role moving forward on yep. this team, and now he won't be here. Yeah, it's Peyton Dastrup uh, for sure. We knew the other two stories were coming out. We knew that was on the horizon. Th- this one was was not expected. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bigger news for me for sure. I've been hearing rumblings of this for a couple weeks. Unfortunately, it uh, did come true. So good luck to Peyton Dastrup wherever he goes. And unfortunately, this week we've talked about Kyle Dean and now Peyton Dastrup. Uh, leaving BYU, unfortunately. Question of the day, what do you care about more, the kickoff time or TV channel of a football game? Let's get to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On the Twitter, at LazerCheap, TV channel, hands down. ESPN as much as possible. I don't care if it's an 830 local kick. FS1 is okay with me, and of course, BYU TV. Game time doesn't matter. Besides, late games give BYU a chance to Nostris Nocturnus. See, Laser Sheep's been with us since the genesis of BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, Devin. Uh, on Facebook, uh, Clarissa Weidman says, The channel. I don't have all the sports channels, so I can only get certain games. If they're not on the channels I get, I will watch whenever kickoff is. See, this is interesting because the first two say TV channel. I thought in a landslide it would be time of kickoff because how many times when stuff like this is announced, do you immediately hear the griping and complaining about, Oh, more late games. I thought that would be hands down the answer, but the the first two ones we go to are all about the channel on Twitter at Kiwi Jackman. I believe this is Hugh Jackman. Maybe not. It is Uh, TV channel. Have we forgotten the mountain we've overcome so quickly? Do we not recall the time when fans would cheer not for bowl game announcement, but that the game would be on ESPN? Hashtag never forget. (laughs) That was a reason BYU went independent is because it wanted to control its TV situation. And obviously it has been able to do so with much success. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram coming up. I'll tell you why it's the Pilgrims fault that BYU plays their games so late in college football. Pilgrims, what are you doing to us? <laughs> Coming up, awards for BYU TV, huh? Yeah, and we'll talk with my buddy Juddy. Shooter McJudkins, man. And up next, the West Coast Conference Commissioner Gloria Navarez discusses her first few months on the job, trying to keep Gonzaga in the league, and the strategy of this new men's hoops schedule. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What will you be doing exactly three weeks from today? That would be Friday, June 22nd. I bet it has to do with BYU Football Media Day. It's our annual BYU Football Media Day, state of the program, two hours of BYU Sports Nation, plus a special on Cougars in the NFL. You will not want to miss it Friday, June 22nd. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can follow us. Uh, at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can use the hashtag BYUSN. Our question of the day, what do you care about more, the kickoff time or TV channel of a football game? On Twitter, at OneBaldCairoDoc. Don't care. 
However, if on the Pac-12 network and no one outside of the Pac-12 fan base is going to see it, just want to watch my Cougs no matter what time or station. Those that are interested will find them. Those that are not uh, won't care when or where. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Well, joining us next, first appearance on BYU Sports Nation, happy to welcome in the West Coast Conference Commissioner Gloria Navarez, one of 10 female uh, commissioners, Division One, first Latin American woman uh, to be a commissioner in D1 as well on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Gloria, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. We're glad to have you. Uh, what was enticing about this opportunity that made you want to try and become the commissioner of the West Coast Conference? You know, it's a really special league. I had worked in the league previously, 11 years earlier, so I had a, a good working knowledge of what was under the hood. But most recently, the league has really demonstrated a commitment to excellence in basketball. And, you know, they, they really have not shied away from being innovative in their pursuit of that excellence. We were, we were kind of joking with you off air before the, the interview began. And what was it like to enter the league, getting the job, and then immediately having to deal with the whole Gonzaga situation about possibly leaving for another conference? Yeah, that certainly is an unorthodox way to begin one's tenure as commissioner. But I I will say, and it's a credit to the special nature of the league, uh, the transparency and respect with which folks communicated about the issues, there were no surprises for me. And frankly, I was the last leg of that whole relay. A lot of conversation and work had been done prior, so it was pretty close to being resolved. Um, And then I think the final word was published the day I started the office, so... Well, it looked like you did it, so let's just give you all the uh, credit for that. Is that okay? Okay, I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> and Jeff Toriel, I guess. We'll give Jeff some credit. We love Jeff. Okay, so when you were, when you were in the league uh, before, BYU was not in the league, and then you went to the Pac-12, BYU joins the league. So what kind of addition is BYU to the West Coast Conference, in your opinion? Oh, BYU, obviously, is, is a fantastic addition and a cultural fit. Um, we have a, a mission and set of values that very similar to BYU um, as far as faith-based and education of the holistic person and, and valuing the student-athlete. I think they've been a tremendous asset to the league. They came in right at the top as far as sports performance. Um, and, you know, because of their uh, commitment to football, they, they have a lot of things they do at, at a different level, and I think they've been a, a great uh, sharing of best practices, I guess, and uh, a great perspective in the room for the rest of our schools. Gloria, not only did we want to to talk to you and, and introduce ourselves to you and vice versa, we wanted to get your uh, opinion on the news that came out yesterday in terms of the schedule being released. There's now a new format within the conference where it's 16 games, which means that you're going to play two teams only once. What is the process like in determining who plays who and where and who the teams are that you're only going to play once? What was that process like in going through? Yeah, so, and, you know, that's a testament again to the league being nimble and innovative and willing to um, strike out and try things that will help us excel in basketball. And this model um, addresses the impact of the RPI on scheduling and NCAA selection. And you asked about the process of how we come up with the matchups that were just released yesterday. And it's a three-part analysis based on multi-year RPI, last year's tournament seeding, and a spring survey of the WCC head coaches. So we're trying to get at a predictive model that gets at what the strength of the league will be in the coming year. 
Is that predictive model played out over uh, several years, or will you evaluate it year to year? Like, will you try and make it a fair rotation, or will it just be like, hey, let's match up uh, advantageous matchups? It, the, the model started from scratch year by year. So to your question, it does take in prior years because it's a multi-year RPI, but we do not reach in and try to manufacture certain matchups. It's totally reliant on the algorithm that we've set up. So is that set up for, say, eight or ten years or something? Um, well, it's our conference policy of, until we change it, and I have a feeling if the NCAA or when the NCAA changes their RPI, we may have to reevaluate this algorithm and how greatly we um, weight RPI or the metric that the NCAA uses. Does that make sense? Yes. And another follow-up. So do you know like who's playing who for the next several set of years based on the algorithm, or is that a year-to-year? No. Okay. no, year-to-year. Gotcha. So now you you mentioned you know that you're you're trying to to take advantage of the way that things are set up currently. Can you go a little bit more into detail in terms of the benefit of scheduling that this is for the conference? So in our league, we've we've moved to sixteen game regular season schedule, which allows each team two additional opportunities to schedule non conference games. And we know the RPI. You know, you try to schedule what you can control. You can't really control conference play. It is what it is. So a lot of the uh, subjectivity goes into analysis and planning for non-conference. So allowing our schools to have these two extra opportunity gives those a chance to uh, create their schedules based on their needs in any given year. If you're a team looking for seating, you can schedule those two contests accordingly. If you're looking to get yourself off the bubble, and be selected, you're going to take a different tack with those two opportunities. And if you're in a rebuilding year, you'll be looking at those completely different. So it allows our schools more opportunity to customize their schedules to, to their needs in a given year. We're talking with the West Coast Conference Commissioner, Gloria Navarez, on BYU Sports Nation. In the algorithm, is it advantageous to avoid Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's potentially matching up only once? Is it desirable for all of them to play each other twice? It is desirable for them. Well, two separate questions. Yes, it's desirable to have your strong teams play each other because you know they're going to be strong and they help each other's RPI. Um, I think from a cultural perspective and and league unity, it's good to have your teams play each other um, and produce great home games and experiences for fans. And I think in this algorithm, because it's based on past success, as, as long as they are performing the way they perform, that should play out naturally in the process, that they play each other twice. You know, I'm curious your perspective on the state of the conference right now. Not only are those changes that we just discussed in terms of format and scheduling in in now, but over the last couple of seasons you've had new coaches coming in uh, for, for the basketball teams. What's the state of the conference right now? You know, I, that's one of the things that attracted me to the job and really excites me about being part of this league. There is a demonstrated commitment to excellence in basketball, both in, and you touched on the coaching hires that we've done recently, uh, the commitment to facility upgrades, the um, recruiting efforts. I just think lead-wide we're at a really great tipping point where – 
folks are really looking forward to taking their programs to that next level. We have some that are already there, um, and their challenge is to stay there, and then we have some that um, are really looking to, to elevate, and I don't know that we've had that consistently top to bottom um, in this league or, you know, frankly, in, in my experience in any league. When will the league add football so San Diego and BYU aren't the only two? I'm half, I'm half kidding. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> there used to be, right? There was a history of football in the past in the West Coast Conference. A very strong history, yes. Uh, San Diego and BYU should at least match up, though. FCS versus – at some point we need the West Coast Conference Cup or something. Exactly. Would you be in favor well, of that? Yeah. I'll, I'll let Tom Homo and Bill McGillis have that discussion. <laughs> what, what is your, your vision of this conference moving forward? You know, the WCC is such a great league based on all the reasons that we love being in the Western region. You know, we have great institutions. If you had the opportunity to travel to these places, they're all vacation destinations. They're idyllic. Uh, they have great educations. This commitment to basketball makes it a great fan experience. And, you know, I really would l- – my vision is to just elevate that message, um, People need to know who we are and what we're about because it's a very, it's a product worth embracing, getting to know this league. Gloria, you've lived in the Bay Area for a long time now. Uh, were you happy with the result in game one of the NBA Finals? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a huge Warriors fan. Yeah. Do, you, do you know the score at all times, Gloria? I'm sorry? Do you know the score at all times? Yes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's important. Gloria, we appreciate your time. Great insight, uh, thoughtful responses, and we look forward to uh, seeing and talking to you a bunch, especially in Las Vegas uh, come March. Yes, thank you. I look forward to the continued conversation. Yeah, thanks, Gloria. That's Gloria Navarez, West Coast Conference Commissioner on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. As long as she always knows the score, <laughs> that's a commissioner that you want. Yeah. Okay, interesting Very insight. impressed. About, yes, impressive. Uh, the There's an algorithm, and it's year to year. The chances are that... BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's never play each other once. They always play each other twice yes. because it's evaluated year to year. You have to chuckle if you're a BYU fan about how it spit out Pepperdine on the road in Santa Clara at home, <laughs> given how tough that's been on the road and how dominant BYU's been and wants to play Santa Clara twice. Right? Look, I love the fact that she didn't shy away from the fact that, yes, it's advantageous for us to have our best teams playing each other twice. Yes. Why would we want to limit the opportunities that those teams have against each other? And I was wondering if it was like, okay, this is set, and we just know for right. 10 years, and that's not the case. It's a year-to-year evaluation of how the teams are faring, and it's trying to be as advantageous uh, to all the teams as possible. Well, and not only that, but the trends in college basketball. If, if this current model... No, it somewhat gets outdated and right. is no longer the best way to take advantage of the way college basketball is going. Then, not only do they reevaluate that plan, they reevaluate the, alg- re-evaluate the algorithm that determines the best way to take advantage of that. Conference USA has determined that in the last, at some point near the end of the season, the top five teams are going to play each other so mm-hmm. that they can boost their RPI. That wouldn't work as effectively in this league because there's only kind of three teams that are really in the hunt currently. For the NCAA tournament, hopefully there are other teams who get in the mix. San Diego a decade ago was a Sweet 16 team. That was a heck of a run. Uh, you would like some kind of uh, you know parity there and see if San Diego and Pacific, who were better, can be better. Oh, by the way, the league uh, schedule starts a week later because there are two fewer games, January 3rd. 
So no late, awkward December 28th games against St. Right. Mary's when all the students are gone, yep. which is good news. And let's be honest, BYU would clean up if they added football to the entire conference. Uh, your boy Gary Shotty uh, <laughs> was an assistant coach yes, at St. Mary's, Mary's yes. and he had some crazy plaid pants in the 70s. We need to find that photo. We need to see if he still has those pants. You know he does. Of course he does. <laughs> Coming up, we talk NBA Finals and horse with Jeff Judkins. And Jimmer for that news. How does he plan to make one more run at an NBA career? Find out next. This is BYU Sports Nation. I know what team he could come play for. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Yes, quiet, please. Interview in progress. I stole that from Oklahoma City and brought that back to Jr. Jr. We're also on demand. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Stripped it off the wall. Walked out of uh, OKC's. I'm not sure the statute of limitations has run out. You may not want to be saying this on camera. Piece of cardboard. Who cares? It's not like a Wendy's sign. Uh, shout out that to too? my friend who's done that. In an ESPN.com article, Jimmer Fredette tells Myron Medcalf he will participate in this year's edition of the Basketball Tournament, or TBT, with one goal in mind, earning another spot in the NBA. Quote, I would always love to get another chance in the NBA, Fredette told ESPN.com. I've gotten better in China and improved every year. You hope somebody takes notice. Fredette will honor his contract and play another year in the Chinese Basketball Association. My question with this is, let's say uh, James Taft kills it. Mm -hmm. Then he goes and plays in the CBA. He doesn't have a lot of uh, time to come over and play. It's not the same exact season from November to April and then a playoff run. Their season ends roughly late February, March. Yes, so he can come back. But if you impress then, they have to wait. Six months for you? Eight months? That's a long time. Well, I mean... Hopefully Jimmer can yes. uh, produce. And by the way, in about 15 days uh, from now or so, 13, I think, uh, Jimmerosity, his anti-bullying tournament is coming up in Provo if you're local and want to play in that. One of the stories we've been talking about today, men's hoops, Peyton Dastrup announcing that he will be transferring from the BYU basketball program. Dastrup shot 43% from three last year and averaged 3.3 points in eight minutes of action per game. West Coast Conference announced its 2018-19 men's basketball matchups. The new schedule features a new 16-game format. That's down from 18. BYU will play a home-only versus Santa Clara and a road-only versus Pepperdine. Versus Pepperdine, where BYU's lost 4 of 5. That's great. They will face each other, uh, each of the WCC teams, home and away, except for those two. Conference play begins January 3rd. Insightful chat with the West Coast Conference Commissioner Gloria Navarez. Uh, in the prior segment, if you missed that, I would recommend downloading the podcast. Also, BYU, ESPN, and BYU TV announced broadcast plans and kick times for five BYU football games. The season opener against Arizona is slated for 10.45 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. BYU, <laughs> it's going to be late. This going to be late pregame. Let's and go, late, baby. And more importantly, late postgame for yours truly. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing I live. You're not in, the only one that does a postgame. Hey, hey, it's a good thing I live now 15 minutes away as opposed to an hour away. Happy for you. BYU will host the Cal Bears at 10.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. The BYU-Wisconsin matchup is set to air at 3.30 Eastern time on ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. BYU will take on McNeese State on BYU TV and ESPN3 at 6 Eastern. BYU will take on Utah State on ESPN2 at 9 Eastern. Lots of info there. 
Okay, more on our question of the day coming up in a moment. What do you care about more, the kickoff time or TV channel of a football game? Weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, let's take a moment to pat ourselves on the back and our colleagues here at BYU TV Sports. Yesterday at the Sports Video Group Awards in Atlanta, the boss, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, accepted two awards for BYU TV Sports. Producer Harrison Collier and his team won Outstanding Live Game Production for a regional or local network and production company with the broadcast of men's basketball against San Francisco. Of course, that great comeback, yep. down six with 22 to go. This is the third year in a row. BYU TV Sports is one in this category. Congratulations to Harrison and the team. Then in a tight race between BYU Sports Nation and BYU Basketball, Dave Rose. We were going to win either way. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> the Rose Show won outstanding non-live game production. So congratulations to everyone involved on a winning uh, pair of SVGs and making the final. So well done, everybody. Nice job. Team BYU TV Sports. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, good luck to Michael Miner, who's speaking there in about 40 minutes. So we'll be watching. We'll be watching, yep. Because yeah. uh, we need to and we will. Question of the day, what do you care about more, the kickoff time or TV channel of a football game? Uh, let's get to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, at TXKernel. As long as I can stream the game live, I don't care about the channel, but please avoid channels that are too restrictive. Late game times are difficult for those of us in the Eastern and Central time zones. Hashtag watch party versus date night. Okay. On Instagram, uh, DJA7881 winning. That's the only thing that matters. That was my initial response to this. It's like, <laughs> mm, I don't care about either as long as you win. Like, it's apparently Charlie Sheen's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I doubt he's watching. Uh, just that's just me. Can you name in 1984 when what time the game was against? What? No, it doesn't matter. the the channel The channel thing only matters if it's like a really way off the board weird one. Now the game at UMass, I'm not exactly sure what channel that's on. I've heard it's on some channel that I've never heard of. That potentially could be an issue. Like BYU hoops when it's a local channel in those two markets, mm-hmm. that's an issue for the BYU fan base, which is all over the place, Yes, right? Uh, but in football, generally, it's going to be just fine. Yeah, like, I, look, I, I went with the, the time of the game versus the channel, just yeah. simply because you just don't hear much anymore about, I don't, I don't get that channel. Most people, the majority of people have access to any channel BYU will play on. Yeah, exactly. Unless you have Sling TV and you're like, eh, I don't get uh, CBS Sports Network or whatever. Or you don't have a TV at all and then you're really out of luck. If you don't have a TV at all, you're probably just listening to this on the radio. I was going to say, okay. you can, hey, you can listen, you can to, listen to it. You can listen to it, yeah. That's a uh, thing. On Twitter, at Plan300. It depends on if it's home or away in what month. Away games, the channel is more important. Home November games, the kick time is more important. I would say that's if you're going to the game. The vast majority of people aren't going to the game. Like, it's anywhere from 5 to 15 times the amount of people watching on television that go. You want the experience to be good for both, certainly. And no one wants to sit on, on metal bleachers at midnight on, in November. <laughs> like, you want that experience to be as good as it can be, and BYU's trying to do their best with that. Coming up, our favorite punter. No, we're not talking about one of the Grammatica brothers. <laughs> Starting in his professional <laughs> rugby I think you know who we're talking about. And Jamal Williams, a top sleeper pick? Next, Shooter McChudkins joins us to talk hoops, his game, the women's team, and does he know the score in the NBA Finals game (laughs) one last night? This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day coming up on Friday, June 22nd, exactly three weeks from today. Lots to get to that day, the state of the program. BYU Sports Nation will be two hours, plus there'll be a special on Cougars in the NFL. You will not want to miss it. Friday, June 22nd on BYU TV and BYU Radio. He is Jason Shepard. I am Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. We Hey, we have play-by-play through the summer. Hang with us. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, check out the rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Our question of the day, what do you care uh, about more, the kickoff time or TV channel of a football game? On Facebook, Craig Jeffcoat. The channel is more important. I need to have the channel on my TV, and the time isn't as important because I can always DVR the game as a last resort. Being tied in with ESPN is great because of the exposure, which helps with recruiting, scheduling top teams, and an increasing fan loyalty. Go Cougars! Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Now joining us in studio is a man who was on a cruise, went in a three-point contest, and won for the entire ship. He played in the NBA. His name's Jeff Judkins. What's up, Jeff? I know. Hey, I had to do it. You know, I had to, had to support and keep BYU strong. You know, there's a lot of BYU fans on that ship. So where did you go on the cruise? We went to Cozumel, and I can't remember other other two ports, but uh, it was Mexico. And uh, just was a great, you know, we uh, my son won the hot shot. He beat me. I got tired going back and forth. And then I luckily won the three-pointer. And then they took second in the three-on-three. Three three. I was going to try that, but I probably would have been in a fight, been on the thing. And then my son-in-law, who Whitney Neves, who uh, was a pole vaulter here, he won the rock climbing uh, challenge and set a new record for the rock climbing on the boat. So well, then. It was, it, it, work. It, was a, it was a fun. We got some trophies. Fun for the family. How did you do with the shuffleboard competition? Uh, I didn't really enter that. <laughs> uh, I thought you were supposed to do on a cruise, a shuffleboard. <laughs> there was a shuffleboard, but not very many people were doing it. I don't know, for some reason, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this is your second appearance on the show this week, because Tuesday you uh, you beat Ashley Garfield. Yeah, look the lines. Do you want to comment on your performance? Well, first I thought it was just going to be kind of an easy thing. But Ashley jumped on me pretty quick and got ahead of me. And you didn't let her uh, shoot you know, very much. Then, then I started getting more serious. And then look at that one leg. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just I don't know. I just started maybe getting more focused on what I'm trying to do. And about time you put to uh, the test what you say, you know, to your players. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't shot a ball since March. Since so, March? No, I haven't done anything. I haven't gone out and worked out my, you know. So, yeah. yeah I, I mean, assume you, you were getting 500 up a day, bro. You no, know, I don't get that anymore. You know, I I, <laughs> I probably should. I probably should go and start doing more of that. It's like riding a bike, though, for you. You never forget how to do it, right? You don't forget it, but your timing and, you know, confidence, it kind of wavers. I don't the, believe that for a second with you. The best part was when you made the shots and you knew that you had given Ashley another letter. Your sheer <laughs> excitement and screaming, it was, it was great. I, I saw a Highland Ram come out there. I know, that, like, was, that, was, that was. I'm, I'm competitive, man. That's why I say I, I'm thinking this, I didn't play the three-on-three because three I probably would have thrown somebody over the ship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just what, you know it, and people don't realize it's hard to turn that off. You know, a lot of people say, Max you know, Hall hasn't turned it you off. You know, you're so competitive. You're so competitive. Well, what do you think? My whole life, I've been competitive. What? So now I'm going to change and all of a sudden be nice. And I try to be that way when I play word ball, but it's, it gets hard sometimes. You play word ball? I used to. I don't play it now, but Everyone's I used like, to. I was like, that guy played in the NBA. Yeah, that's right. He's hockey. He wants to get him mad, you know? 
So it's fun. Do you know how to work the refs effectively in church ball since you're a coach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. I can work them. And I've been like, only- I know you're high counselor. I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, don't give me that call. Jeff Judkins is on BYU Sports Nation, the women's basketball coach, and a guy who played uh, five or six years in the NBA. So last night, game one of the NBA Finals. Crazy finish. What did you think of game one where the Warriors pull it out in no team? Well, you know, a lot of people were really mad at that blocking call. And they thought it was a charge and whatever. And, you know, I tell you the truth, I kind of like that rule. And I've heard so many people bash it today and say, well, it is. You know, know, sometimes the ref misses it. And that was a crucial part of the game. And if you watched it in slow-mo and watched it personally, the rule is your shoulders need to be straight. You need to not be leaning either way. And I I thought thought he was leaning, and that was the call. Durant could have made it a lot easier. He just would have passed it to Green and dunk it. Yes. It would have been a lot easier, but I, I really thought that was the right call. And and that wasn't the whole game. I mean, even if they would have called a charge, there was 30-something seconds. Who knows what could have happened? But um, I kind of like that. And I kind of wish we got an art, an art game where there's been some calls at the end of the game that are very questionable. And, you know, going through it is probably a good way. You'd be okay with stopping the game? I don't look at that because that's yes, the con, right? Yes, yes, that's the, probably the worst part of it. But yes, if if you know if if that's the situation, yeah, you know, I, I bet it's going to come someday. It's like football. Coach throws out a red flag and wants that thing evaluated with all the technology now. But um, that was that was a big play. But you know, the biggest plays. You watch the pros and they make mistakes like my girls make, and I'm going. They're pros. How are they making this mistake? Do they know the score? you got to know the score. Yeah, but you, what was interesting, we were talking about this before we went on the air. You, you, you know, the, obviously, everyone's talking about J.R. Smith thinking that the team was up when they were tied. You said you'd be shocked if he was the only one that was in that situation. I, I would say right now the audience was watching the game. 20% of them thought that they were up. When the guy made the foul shot, they all thought that. Now, the guys that are coaches know, and the guys that are maybe more into it know, but I, I, I bet you. I mean, the radio guy on ESPN thought it was. I heard it on coming coming to work today. So um, it happens. It, you know, and that's where you got to communicate. And players hate to hear that all the time. But you have to communicate that all the time on the on on you know on the court. Talking talking with Jeff Judkins on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, the men's schedule is different than the women's schedule in league this year. Uh, the men want to take advantage of two more non-conference games, so the it's not 18 games, it's 16. The women's has stayed at 18. Is that something you are interested in potentially pursuing on the women's side is, hey, let's get it two more RPI games? Well, we, we uh, talked about that as women coaches. about we don't, We're not as fortunate as the men to schedule good RPI games or buy games. You know, I, I I look at the men and I say, okay, instead of playing somebody at the bottom of the league, you can play another good team, and then you can buy another game that your fans can come and, and get another good game. So I totally understand that. The women's side of it, we looked at it and said, we're not going to be able to do that, and we really want the true champion. Um, I And I'm not bashing the league or whatever, but the women's RRPI in the last six years has been between eight and 14, which is pretty good. So As a league. Yeah, as a league. And and the only league that I know is better than ours is not the big five that's beat us over the years is UConn. And you, it's because it's of UConn. It's not because anybody else. But So we felt as a, as a coaches that we wanted to have a true champion, 
and and that you know we really wanted to do that. Now, when we see the men do it, we might change. We might look at it and say, hey, we can play a better team, schedule a better game for that. This year, you know, I scheduled hard. I had the hardest schedule of anybody, and I went five and six preseason. It hurt. It hurt us. Luckily, I had two seniors that were really mentally tough, and they fought through that. But it was it's tough. You got confidence is a big part of the of the game too. You signed two more players, both international players. You picked up one player from Sweden in Signe Glantz, and then another from New Zealand, another player from New Zealand, uh, Kaylee Smiler. What can you tell us about both those players? Um, both of them can really shoot it. Uh, Not like you, though. Uh, no, can they but, keep up with you? No, but they're gonna they're gonna work on it. They're gonna get there. <laughs> um, Kay- Kaylee's a little a combo can play one and two. I kind of feel feel we need that on our team. We need somebody that can kind of bounce around. It kind of helps us. And uh, Sig is a four strictly. She can shoot it. She reminds me um, of the real. She reminds me of Corian Wood. If you remember Corian Wood, who mm-hmm. played here, she's very similar to that. Um, this is where BYU has been great, and there's not very many programs that can really say this. And, you know, our athletic department does a great job of letting us recruit who we want to recruit and go wherever we want. we got a girl in Sweden, girl in Canada. we got a, girls in New Zealand. we got two girls in Brazil. I want to go on your uh, recruiting I mean, it's, it's yeah. a, we have really tried to do the best we can to find the best players. And through the church, the church helps us a lot with players that they hear about or see and let us know. And that's, that's been a real positive thing for us. Well, great stuff, Jeff. We appreciate it. Good luck in ward ball. And uh, just shoot threes. Don't even. Well, do I think we need to have uh, Channel 11 three-point contest and see who can win this. Okay? Uh, if you're not in it, I'm game. Okay. Well, I won't be in it. I will be roughing. How, how's that? <laughs> I don't want to compete against no, you. We don't need, we don't need yeah. that kind of pressure. Exactly. Thanks, Thanks guys. It's fun to be on. Thanks, Jeff. Twice this week. God, I love Pretty it. good, man. I love it. for us. Ratings bonanza. <laughs> Double dose of uh, j- my Juddy buddy. Yeah. Coming up, where will you draft Jamal Williams in your fantasy football Number league? One. one publication says it should probably be pretty high. More on this in the whip. Plus, Johnny Linehan gets a start tonight in his native sport, plus volleyballers in Brazil repping Team USA as we speak. It's in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to our guest today, West Coast Conference Commissioner Gloria Navarez. First time on the program. Great to talk to her and BYU women's basketball head coach and baller Jeff Judkins. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time. If if you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Lots to get to in the Cougar Whip Around. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. All right, Peyton Dastrup announcing from like 2015. <laughs> Peyton Dastrup announcing he will be transferring from the BYU basketball program. Dastrup shot 43% from three last year and averaged three points in eight minutes of action per game. West Coast Conference men's hoops matchups are announced. BYU will play everybody in the league twice except a home game with Santa Clara and a road game at Pepperdine where BYU's lost four of five. Awesome. The conference season begins January 3rd. Jimmer! In an ESPN.com article, Jimmer Fredette tells Myron Medcalf that he will participate in this year's edition of the Basketball Tournament, a.k.a. the kids like to call it TBT, with one goal in mind. Do they? Earning another spot. Sure, go with it. Earning another spot in the NBA, he said he will honor his remaining year in China this upcoming season. Football. BYU, ESPN, and BYU TV announced broadcast plans and kick times for five BYU football games. Season opener against Arizona slated for September 1st at 1045 Eastern. 
Cougars in the NFL. Fantasy pros named Jamal Williams the best running back sleeper in the 2018 fantasy football drafts due to his ball security and his strong performance during the last nine weeks of the season. Volleyball. Team USA is playing Japan as we speak down two sets to one in the Volleyball Nations League, but the Americans lead 8-7 in the fourth set. US 3-0 in VNL play. Taylor Sander leading the team with 55 points. Ben Patch, 50. Rugby. BYU football's Johnny Linehan will start for the Utah Warriors rugby team tonight versus uh, Austin uh, Austin Rugby as the fly half. Other Cougars on the 23 include Paul Lasique, as you like to say. How do you say it? Paul Lasique. Thank you. Uh, Joseph Nichols, Ray Forster, and Josh Anderson. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver got a hit and an RBI in the Quad Cities River Bandits 5-2 loss to the Clinton Lumber Kings. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. How about the Rise and Shout to Peyton Dastro? Absolutely. Fun guy. We'll miss you, Peyton. Side note, there's still time to sign up for Jeff Judkins' uh, girls basketball camps this summer. To sign up and get more info, go to BYUsportscamps.com. Our question of the day, what do you care about more, the kickoff time or, or TV channel of a football game? Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter at Colonel underscore James 83. While I'm not a fan of kickoff times after 8, I'm more concerned about the channel. Thank goodness for ESPN and BYU TV. I still clearly remember the gyrations and hoops I went through just to add the Mountain Channel. Don't make me regal what I had to do before that. There are even emojis in that one. Our elite voice of the day on Twitter at Cosmo DeCougar. P. Rose once said I'd walk through... Heck, can I say that on beauty? In a gasoline suit to play baseball. Well, I'd do the same if it meant that the game was on a station I always get. Hashtag I'm looking at you, BYU. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, that, right? Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag <laughs> BYUSN. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jason. I'm Jerem. Shout out to James Eastman, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it Monday. Have a good one. We'll play some shuffleboard. Yeah.